Genre. Welcome to The Doctor's Companion Presents Doctor Who, The Long Way Round, the weekly podcast where we review, discuss, and recap every episode of Doctor Who, one doctor at a time. I'm Nick Jimenez. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. And I'm Scott Corelli. And joining us today, uh, which is going to be hopefully a thing that we do, especially with the new Who episodes, we want to have guests on, because uh, we've all talked about these multiple times, so it's nice to have a Fresh voice, uh, Geek by Night staff writer, uh, B- Billy McCartney. Welcome. What's up? Oh, God. That was my introduction to the world. I regret it already. Oh, that's already, <laughs> that's already happened. <laughs> Hello. And uh, today we will be discussing the uh, Ninth Doctor story, The End of the World, written by Russell T. Davies. And it was actually the second broadcasted Ninth Doctor episode, uh, originally uh, airing in the 2nd of April, 2005. And was viewed by 7.97 million viewers in the United Oof. Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Pretty good ratings. Mm-hmm. Does, yeah, does Nick always... Never mind. Oh, what's that? <laughs> I love that Nick introduces the show like it's an NPR segment. It's my favorite thing. <laughs> that's, 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 his, that's his vibe. That's his vibe. Yeah. Yeah. That's Nick's vibe. Really, he's, real, really... he's real cool and laid back. And, and then I'm <clears> not... <throat> uh but yeah so so a little bit of uh background on the end of the world that i wanted to talk about one it's directed by euros lynn who is you know the best yeah i mean he's a really great doctor who uh director he's directed tons of stuff for doctor who uh including my favorite episode of doctor who ever silence in the library uh which is yeah so great so he's uh he's one of my favorites definitely he's also directed some clunkers um but you know uh, that's not that's that when you're a tv director you don't get to choose the stories that you're directing most of the time um so uh i i really like euros lynn i think i think he uh when it's a good story i think he adds a lot has he directed um, any 12th doctor episodes yet i don't uh, think yes he- Oh, he has. Okay. I to- totally. Sorry. Now I'm looking it up, but I know I've. It was like a big thing when he came back. Oh, good. Hey, uh, yeah. let's let's look your name up on the IMDb's here. <laughs> uh, he's also directed um, some some Sherlock, some Black Mirror, some Broadchurch. So he's he's gotten around. He's even directed some Daredevil. What uh, for Netflix? Yeah. Seriously. Oh, yeah. I lied. He never did. He did the Beast Below. Was his last episode. Oh, oh, which we're also covering in this uh, nice. in this season of the show. So that's yeah. that's good. Um, so yeah, speaking uh, of clunkers. <laughs> oh, oh, what? I love that. That's not true. Boo. We're fighting. Uh, that'll be that'll be an interesting discussion. <laughs> oh, before before we get into the episode, uh, can we? Uh, there's a little bit of Doctor Who related news. Speaking of the Beast Below, um, 
Doctor Who alumni Karen Gillan is going to be in that new Jumanji movie starring The Rock. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. Well, that's fun. Oh, cool. Uh, so I, I, the big thing that I wanted to talk about here, because this is the perfect time to talk about it, because we're synced up uh, with two seasons of the Russell T. Davies era. And something that throughout the Russell T. Davies era I noticed uh, and became sort of obsessed with was the idea that Russell T. Davies, not only were his episodes somewhat uh, structurally repetitive – not in a bad way, but just like you kind of knew what you yeah. were going to get in a Russell T. Davies story. But not only that, but as a showrunner, he also impeccably structured his seasons. Mm-hmm. So so the first episode would always introduce either a doctor or a companion in modern day Britain. And then the second episode would take them to the far future. And then the third episode would take them to the past. And throughout the season, there was a very specific structure to how the season operated. Um, and as we'll see, we had Rose last season follow, and then and then in the second season we had uh, uh, Christmas Invasion, and then the very next episodes were now End of the World, and then t- next week we'll be talking about New Earth. And Love New Earth. yeah, and and then we go into the past because we do the um, Unquiet Dead, and then. Uh, tooth and Claw, right? Is also, the one that- also Yaroslin is Tooth and Claw. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I, I I just think that that's really interesting. As a, it's like Russell T Davies has sort of like a cheat sheet of like this is how I want everyone to experience Doctor Who who's watching it, and so these are this is the type of story I want here. Now write a story that fits what I want here, mm-hmm. which I think is interesting. But um, yeah, I when I try to I like, imagine, I like that as a thing. I don't know. When I try to imagine Russell T Davies, I just imagine David Tennant as Russell T Davies, and that skate that they made. <laughs> oh yeah, that was pretty He's great. Just chain smoking in every scene. Yeah. He can't stop. Yeah. It's amazing. So great. Uh, so before we start talking about End of the World, Billy, what's your background with Doctor Who? When did you start watching it? Oh. And and uh, what what do you what do you love about Doctor Who? Everything. Um, <laughs> I'm actually really excited to do this episode because I love this episode so much. I mean, like, this is definitely not Eccleston's best episode, but it is my favorite Eccleston episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and a lot's that. So basically, when I was, I guess, 14, 15, I went on a school trip. Um, it was like a theater school trip or whatnot. And I was with a bunch of the older dudes in our my hotel room, and they were channel flipping while we were building Dungeons and Dragons characters. We were really cool. That's um, awesome. And uh, someone found Doctor Who on, I assume, the Sci-Fi Channel, because that's where it was at the time. And it was um, the beginning of the Satan Pit. It was the impossible – what is that one up called? The Impossible Planet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Impossible Planet and the Satan Pit. So the Impossible Planet was the episode that was on, and we watched it, and just unrelated. To this day, the Impossible Planet and the Satan Pit is my favorite Doctor Who episode. Um, Ooh, wow. And a lot of that is because it was the first one I saw. And to say that's my favorite episode wasn't really weird when there were only like three seasons. Now that right. there's nine, it's it's a weird choice. I have a soft spot for that episode. Just I love that episode. Because uh, Satan, like the mythology <laughs> of Satan in like in like movies and stuff always like yeah. really fascinating. I, I I love that you guys love that so much because I hate that. I know, story. I know oh, yeah. you hate that story so much. <laughs> yeah, I, I hate it. I hate it with every fiber of my being. <laughs> so incorrect. 
It is, it is, it is the antithesis of everything I want Doctor Who to be. I hate. See, that story. and for me, it's like everything needs to be more like that because that's what I jumped on. <laughs> I but like I saw, I, but I only saw the Impossible Planet. That was the big. I only saw part one. And mm. while I was watching it, the people, like one of the guys in the room, was like behind, and he was like, "Oh, I guess he's regenerated." And I was like, "What?" And they're like, "Yeah, he can like change forms. He used to be this kind of like tough guy Brit with a short haircut." looking dude and i was like okay <laughs> i love that anyone would call christopher right? like, no, he's, such a he's such a doof i love it so i went he's home like a puppy. Yeah. <laughs> he's just like a doofy dog with big ears that's like show up constantly tripping over himself well, like, i guess compared to david Tennant, he's like kind of i mean like i mean i mean because david Tennant's like the biggest nerd yeah I guess. But, although, although I was, I was always more intimidated by David Tennant when he got angry than I ever was by Christopher Eccleston. Oh, uh, I guess. I mean, probably. Yeah. I don't know. No. We'll um, we'll talk more about Christopher Eccleston yeah. in the episode because I have a lot of thoughts. Yeah. But yeah. But uh, long story short, went home, told my mom about this show I saw on this school trip. Tony ended up finding it. Yeah, it's my mom. Um, we found <laughs> it on sci-fi and it was i think part one of the rose's exit you know i think it you know um Mm -hmm. and so i think i saw a little bit of it realized the episode was important and stopped and then they announced that pbs like public broadcasting was going to show doctor who um starting with season one and Mm. that's how i found it so then season one started on pbs and i never missed an episode and that lined up with by the time PBS got done with season two, it was right about time for season three to start now actually airing on BBC America. Wow. So you you started – I mean as far as like New Who fans are concerned, I mean you started pretty early. That's yeah. pretty early. Yeah, and I've realized something about starting early. Like I was listening to your episode about Rose and you asked the question, so how many times do you guys think you've seen this episode? And I was like, okay, that's a reasonable question. And then Nick was like, eh, this is maybe my second. And I was like, what? <laughs> and then Cassandra, Cassandra said, probably five, five times. And I was like, that's closer. And then Scott, you said, I've seen this at least a dozen times. Yeah. I was like, that's correct. That's the right answer. <laughs> I, I, I watched this episode last night without looking at the screen. I was just writing notes the whole time. And I was embarrassed by how well I knew it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this is this is probably my favorite like non finale or yeah. premiere episode of uh, the Russell T Davies era. I love this episode. It's really good. I mean, my favorite Russell T Davies era is and always will be uh, uh, Parting of the Ways. Yeah, but mm. this as just a standalone episode is everything you want Doctor Who to be, especially from the Russell T Davies era. Oh, real quick, before we get into the episode, just to round out the story, because I watched it in this way, mm-hmm. I did not see The Satan Pit, part two of that episode, until a year after I had seen part one. Oh I had no way God. to find it. There was no, like... It's a hell of a cliffhanger. Yeah. But <laughs> Yeah. So I finally got there, and then I bought all the DVDs when they were, like, $100 a oh piece, God. which is a nightmare. Um, but I still keep that up, even though they're way cheaper now. But I have, I think I have every single box set somewhere. So does this guy, pointing at Scott. 
Yeah, yeah. That's, that's also when I bought them was when they were each like $95. Oh, well, I had to be able to show them to everyone I cared about. Uh-huh, 100% yes. That's why I own anything. It's not yeah. because of me. It's not for me. It's so that I can show them to other people. So it, I realized not too long ago I was missing my season two DVD, and I like found all of my high school friends on Facebook. And I was like, do any of you have this? I know it's been like six years. And one of them was like, yeah, I have it. I got it back. That's awesome. That's amazing. Um, uh, the other weird thing about my Doctor Who experience was because I told my mom about this show and because it's British and my mom is a huge Anglophile, um, Doctor Who became a family thing um, oh. to the point where now it's it's fine because I live not in Texas. But when the show aired, um, we had to all four watch it together. Um, like my mom, my dad, my sister and me, like every single episode every week. It was like a family event. So they've all seen everything. And oh, yeah. I, send, I share Doctor Who news with my mom on Facebook. I'm like, hey, look, this is I, Pearl Mackie. She's going to be in season 10. I have That's seen amazing. the photographs of your of your father cosplaying as the doctor. Yeah, my dad does Peter Capaldi because he looks – he's old. <laughs> That's amazing. That's yeah, amazing. Um, all right. Well, let's talk about uh, the end of the world. So right off the bat – I love how this story opens because it yes. it transitions from the recap of Rose and it, it it just transitions directly into the episode without – if you didn't know better, it almost feels like the episode hasn't started yet and then you're like, oh, this part of the recap is taking a long time and you realize that this is the episode <laughs> now because, uh, you know, the recap ends with her running into the TARDIS and the episode starts with her – running into the TARDIS from the inside, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, which is really great. And I just love Nine's desperation for approval because right. he's so out of practice having a companion. Because from his perspective, you know, now we're 10 years on and we've learned everything we need to learn about that time period that is missing between the 8th Doctor TV movie and Eccleston. We've learned about that entire history of time. And so we know that it's been probably like, what, six to eight hundred years, something yeah. like that, um, between uh, the last time he had a companion and now. And so he just is really out of practice, which I think is largely what this episode is about. It's both about a companion learning how to be a companion and the doctor remembering how to be the doctor with a companion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I, I wrote down in here, well, the first thing I wrote down was her name is Jabe with a B because in all my notes, I wrote a D for Jade. But um, <laughs> I wrote like so many iconic things start in this episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, the psychic paper, um, mm-hmm. the great references, the weird Eccleston dance, that's a little reaction Oh yeah, that Eccleston dance that is just like his biggest gif. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, <laughs> it's uh, everywhere. What else, what else did I talk about? That was this, we get the first little bit of Russell's um, atheism in this episode, which mm. bleeds over a lot. He holds it back though, not in Torchwood. And yeah. something I love about about Russell that I didn't realize when I was fourteen, but realized very soon after, is like his Doctor Who is just full of gay things. <laughs> Like, the two songs in this album are Tainted Love, which has a a gay lead singer, and Toxic by Britney Spears. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean... 
I, yeah. the, the fact that those two those two songs are in this and all of the creature designs and all of the special effects, this had to have been one of the most expensive oh, episodes of the this, season. This is the most expensive episode in season one. I looked that up this morning. Okay, that makes sense. Makes and total they, there sense. there were things that they cut even after the fact. The two needle drops alone would be really expensive. Yeah. <laughs> Because it's not like Britney Spears was a was a Doctor Who fan and is going to give them a discount. Right. I, I would be shocked if she's ever seen this episode or even that <laughs> moment uh, with her song in it. I uh, just – there's so many little things too at the top that are just weird Doctor Who speak that I think are so clever. Mm-hmm. I love when they go 10,000 years in the future. It's exactly the year 12,005. Yeah. I, I do think my favorite is it's the year 5 slash Apple slash 6. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then when the, the, everyone's boarding, it's like, um, the use of teleportation and religion is strictly prohibited. Like, uh-huh. so many little sci-fi Russell things just dropped in there. But mm-hmm. this also, back to I'm ranting a lot, this was the episode, because I saw Tenet first in one episode, where I knew I was on board with Eccleston and the show in general. And it's his his speech before the credits about you just assume you're going to die in some kind of horrible apocalypse, but maybe somehow humans survive. Like, I love that speech so much. Yeah. And it's, it's very, it's, uh, it's very Russell T too. Yeah. Yeah. Very optimistic. That, yeah. That's the thing is, is, uh, Russell was really good at dividing his, uh, his, the two sides of his personality because he could be very optimistic and he siphoned all of that into, Doctor Who and uh, Sarah Jane Adventures. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then all of his nihilism and cynicism, <laughs> he just shoved into Torchwood, uh, yep. which I think is why most people aren't as into that show is because it's so – it's hard to watch. I mean it, it's hard. You can't binge Torchwood. It's difficult. Nope. Makes me too uh, upset. Yeah, it's very difficult. But I, But I like that he was capable of doing that. Um, yeah, I think that's really cool. Well, and I do think something cool about this episode too is this is the, I mean this is one of the more grown up episodes of season one, um, I but I also love that it yeah right, um, but it breaks a bunch of like Doctor Who sci fi assumptions. I mean the very first thing in the episode is Rose is like okay the world's gonna end and you're gonna stop it and he's like no we're gonna watch it. We're mm-hmm. I mean and the fact that that's the second episode plot is I'm not going to interfere I'm going to let the Earth die I think is really brave and awesome. In a way, mm-hmm. well, not just that, but but that on a macro scale, that, but then on a micro scale, letting Cassandra die. Oh my god! Well, I Thanks was waiting for that. Me. Yeah, this is murder, doctor, and I kind of yeah. love it. <laughs> yeah, he's, I mean, he's downright ferocious in the end of this yeah, episode. Full on Batman, yeah, I mean, Batman, he's, he's, and Batman begins. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. No, that's a totally. That's exactly what I thought of. I think I wrote that. Yeah, I did write that down in my notes. Uh, that he. Yeah, yeah. He just uh, killed. Uh, he just killed Razal Cassandra. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, and I just. I mean, it's also. I think everything has its time, and everything dies is one mm-hmm. of the iconic Eccleston lines. Yeah, and he delivers it so well. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I want to talk about the psychic paper because that's yes. a that's a Russell T Davies creation, and I I love it. It's perfect, and the reason he created it was like. The doctor gets captured a lot, and I don't want to do that in the new version of the show. So we're just 
look, we're going to make one easy out and we're going to use it all the time and just accept it and it's, because you don't want to see them getting put into right? prisons over and over again and it, and anyway. It, it fits so – I mean there's a reason that it's it stuck around is it so seamlessly fits in with all of the other little proppy things that have become iconic. Um, I assumed for years that it was a thing from Old Who. Yeah. It, yeah. it just – it slides right in. It, it's so analog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I love that. I also, um, I think one of my favorite smaller moments is the moment when Rose gets off of the TARDIS and is in the, uh, is in that room and the doctor goes over to the console, raises Mm. the, raises the window and the expression on her face, other companions when the doctor shows off something like really crazy and just be like, welcome to my world, the welcome to my world moment essentially is what this is. Every other companion after this is always very excited and just like, oh my God, this is amazing. Rose is completely overwhelmed. Yes. Where she's just like, oh my God, what have I gotten myself into? I mean, that's, that's her journey. This episode is just like, Screaming. I mean, I love the the choice of going back to Tainted Love because the first lyrics are "I want to get away. I've got to run away." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it's 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 per- and and it is the Tainted Love is a perfect thing because even even just the title of just like oh, I thought I had a thing for this guy and now I'm not sure. <laughs> like yeah. I went on this adventure and this is not what I was expecting. Uh, and I I just man, this episode is so good, right? Oh, it's so good. Yeah, I love um, I love her conversation with um the the maintenance alien. Mark Ruffalo. Um, Ruffalo. The, the plumber. Yeah, yeah. The plumber. Um because it's so it's such a quiet moment, but it's also really important to her her overarching, you know, character journey as well as like this episode because we establish so much about like it's just world building, but it's also like character building. And it's really, well, really cool. It's got that amazing speech by Rose where she's like, I just got in his ship. I don't know anything about yeah. him. Like, don't, why did I do this? It's her, I've made a terrible mistake moment. And, he, and it's, mm-hmm. and that scene is a reshoot because the episode was too short. That was an added scene. Oh man. I'm glad it exists. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and it's so good. It's, it's the reason, I mean, I talk about this a lot and it's the difference between season one Rose and season two Rose. I love season one Rose with every mm-hmm. fiber of my being. And I think season two Rose may be my least com- favorite companion of New Who. <laughs> I really, I really don't like season two Rose at all. I think she's a bad person. I like um, season two Rose. I do though. I will never forgive Billy Piper for coming back in season four and not having her like lower class British accent that she put on for season one and two. Like yeah. I will never forgive her. For, I love Billy Piper, but if I ever meet her, I'll be like, why go why read up those that? lines? <laughs> yeah. She's had, she's had three distinctively different accents on, yeah. uh, on Penny dreadful too. Uh, oh, awesome. And she's playing the same character. It's weird. Say nothing. Performance um, is bad wolf. Uh, and uh, Day of the Doctor. Oh, that's oh yeah, yeah, that's right. That's, yeah. That, that is yet another accent in, in Doctor Who, huh? Oh, and sorry, I'm now I'm peeking through my notes because I wrote it in order. So the steward, who I love, just because he's just... I, I always forget that he dies in this episode because oh, no. I always think he's the same guy that's in New Earth, and he's not. 
no, he's, he, gets, I mean, he is, but he's he, not the right, same character, right? Well, so this actor, um, what's his name? Simon Day, Simon Paisley Day. He is in Face the Raven. He's the werewolf looking guy. Oh. And um, random tidbit, when I was in London like four years ago, I saw him as Petruchio in Taming of the Shrew at the Grove, or at the Grove, at the Globe. At the Grove. And, <laughs> and he was, right? That's where I work. Um, okay. And he was you know, Times amazing. are hard for that guy, I guess. Yeah. That's no, he's awesome. just really good. And so I always think of that. I remember I was at the Globe and I looked him up later. And I was like, he's that blue guy? What? Love him. <laughs> um, so I just call him Petruchio a lot. I saw what, so what, what was the deal? I mean, we're going to get to this, I'm, I'm assuming, next week. But what, what's the deal? Why is this the same character but not the same character in, in New Earth if he dies here? like, and oh, he's, he's, It's like the same archetype. Like he's a very similar – He's like a clone or something? No, no. It's not ever implied in the show. It's just like he's very – it's written to be a similar-ish character. Oh. Right? Am I remembering that right? I might be crazy. Interesting. Okay. Well, we'll find out next week, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I just just Rose like Rose adapting to time travel and and the Doctor adapting to having a companion again are just it's just so amazing. Like it's well, it's I just love this story so much because of what russell t russell t because i mean that's something that you never really deal with in classic who that the companion just shows up and they're just on 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 the boat for right for, until they until they're off um and you never really deal with what that's like you get little hints of it like when sarah jane is forced to stay behind that's a really sad dramatic mm-hmm. moment but for the most part it's very minor stuff it's not dealt with with the nuance that is dealt with here. Yeah. And I just love that this is Russell T Davies saying, this is what the show is going to be now. This is what my vision of the show was. Rose was homework. This is what the show is. Yes. And I love that. I love uh, Eccleston's doctor so much. I love that he does the whole greeting thing. He gets, meets all the aliens, gets all their gifts, gets that really hot scene where he breathes on Jade. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just, he's so unsympathetic to Rose losing her mind, like just freaking out in that scene. He's like, grow up, deal with it. And that's not something I think we would see again until Capaldi. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. I see a lot of Capaldi's doctor in Eccleston. Um, yeah, and I like it a lot. Definitely. Well, and, and, and that makes sense because they're the two doctors that have the most like direct correlation to Gallifrey. Yeah. Um, uh, so that I makes think, sense. I think Peter, I mean, I'm going to wait until season 11 is over to like solidify my decision, but I think Peter Capaldi might be my favorite doctor. I mean, he's so I'm, good. I'm getting to that point. Um, oh, so, this yeah. is also the first episode with Captain Jack Harkness. Nudge, hmm? nudge, wink, wink, spoiler oh. alert. Face, face oh, above yeah. this episode. Really, what are we, it's really, I think it's hilarious that he, there's literally a moment where he walks right past the face to bow. And like, I think it's just so funny that they share like no dialogue. They don't even refer to the other one, but like, yeah, it's, it's just kind of like, imagine a scene with like, I don't know, like, like Mr. Fantastic walking right past like Dr. Strange, you know? Right. <laughs> I, well, I, I, I don't, what do you guys, what do you guys think about that? Because I don't, I don't know that. I mean, it was like a, I remember it being a really fun reveal in the season three finale at the time. But it's the sort of reveal where it's just like 
yeah, that's fun. Okay, don't think about it too hard. Because well, it doesn't. It's, I like it, it I don't, because the doctor. It doesn't ruin anything in the past because that's the moment the doctor finds out Jack's the face of Bo, so it doesn't ruin any of his other interactions. But because right. they they did that reveal at the end of season three, they planned it in gridlock, and it makes the face of Bo's death in gridlock just like very bittersweet in hindsight mm-hmm. and very beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've always really liked it. I also just love adding jokes. After the fact, like when Rufalo, the plumber, is like, the face of Bo's out of hot water and he needs it for his bath or whatever. It's like, shut up, Jack. Yeah. Like, no, you don't. You're <laughs> yeah. a face. It, it lives in a <laughs> tank. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that's actually I just, what happens I don't, I just to people don't... if they're alive for that long. Right. I, I mean, is that is that what it is? Is that you just turn into a giant head? <laughs> you just, your face absorbs the rest of your body. Well, isn't that the joke Maybe in Futurama? Just, like, don't they have that museum of, like, heads that are just... Yeah, but they're all decapitated. Well, yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're all decapitated. <laughs> they haven't, like, turned into heads. Oh, okay. And they're not giant, either. Yeah, they don't true. turn into, like, the Legends of the Hidden Temple guy. <laughs> yeah. It, it, oh, takes that, yeah. it takes your your favorite feature and just expands it, and Jack's just so self-obsessed that... You know, he's kind of like the, uh, he's kind of like the yin to Cassandra's yang. True. Not you, Cassandra, Ugh, but like the Cassandra. No, I'm, 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 yeah. Okay. I love she's Cassandra. Been, she's, been so mentally, she's been mentally preparing herself for this for like two weeks <laughs> it's now. It's true. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, yeah, no, Cassandra's great. And I love that we get, uh, we're getting her two episodes back to back because of yeah. how we do our, our schedule. Um, but I, I just, I, I think she has a really interesting arc. Uh, it's just – it's really interesting that she sort of dies twice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like Buffy. Uh, but I, I – yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just love her. I love her dialogue. I love – oh, God. What's her name? The actress who's – what's his name's daughter? Um, Madam Hooch. You know who I mean. Yeah. She's just so good at this. She said Jacques Yeah. Hughes, um, but I also love – I was listening to your – line of mine. Which she one? She says Jacques which anytime that shows up in <laughs> Well, they also get like you guys were talking about how Rose is so like dumbed down and and like the the aliens of London very much like over exerting that this is a kid show and then we jump into this episode where Rose calls her a bitchy trampoline yeah which is my favorite joke in this episode <laughs> I'll end up like you Cassandra a bitchy trampoline like that's amazing <laughs> it's pretty it's fantastic and it's and it's funny because it's it's I mean they're they're making fun of this thing that was created for this episode. Like it's almost like Russell T Davies is poking fun at himself a right. little bit uh, for creating this ridiculous thing, which by the way, one thing that I noticed when, when they're introducing all of the aliens, I was just looking at these aliens and I'm like, you know, I, I, I don't hate the Moffat era as much as other people do, but I will say this. These look like Dr. Who aliens. Mm hmm. The Moffat area is filled the, – the production value is so high that they can create anything and so the doctor – the aliens don't look – they don't feel like Doctor Who aliens as much as these do yeah. to me. Because it's like you know guys with a big you know plaster head walking around in long drapey robes and like right. we, we've mm-hmm. had like 40 years of that whereas Moffat Who is more – you know. They have I mean, the technology, so they're going to use it. Yeah, I mean, like, right. imagine, like, the Fisher King walking out and, and hanging out with these guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Screaming with his uh, Slipknot voice. Yeah. 
Oh my god, but like how about this might be the last time in recorded history where meme was used before the internet co-opted yeah. it, the word meme? Like the appearance of the repeated meme where meme is just like a repetitive idea before the internet's made it a thing. I just I chuckle at it every time. It was just a word that Richard Dawkins invented. Right? It's amazing. Uh so well, so uh Billy I you, I mean, since you brought him up, I, I, I lost my train of thought and I forgot to bring oh. this up when we were talking about him. But uh, what are your thoughts on bringing on, – on the idea that Captain Jack may be returning for this year's Christmas special? I think it's necessary. I have been waiting for it for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to see – I wanted to see him with Matt, but I think him and Capaldi will be great. I think we've already passed um, my dream episode, which would be Captain Jack and River Song. Um just because the doctor would be have zero control and be so out of his depth in that episode. Right. Um, I think it would be so much fun. Um, but I, I have been wanting Jack cause I feel like Jack should be this character that transcends showrunners and it's been upsetting that he hasn't been. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, especially since because of Torchwood, you can make him, we know he ages because he turns into the face of Bo. So as, um, actor, Oh my God. John Barrowman gets older. Mm-hmm. Like we can just be like, oh, it's been two thousand years, which is why he looks five years older. You know, right, right. So, I Absolutely. mean, just keep him around forever because John Barrowman is great. Well, and, and we've talked about this a lot before. It makes even less sense because he's technically a Moffat creation, right? Moffat. He's in Moffat's episode in in Are You My Mummy, which just like, why aren't you using him? Yeah, yeah. because there's no way that John Barrowman. I mean, he did the the five doctors. 50th anniversary YouTube thing. Like there's no way he's going to say no. No, no, no. Well, well, the thing is, I mean, that that's the rumor is that he's already filmed it, that it, it already happened. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Please. Because, <laughs> be, because he was in, he was in Cardiff. He was spotted in Cardiff and tweeted or Instagrammed about being in Cardiff at the same time that the Christmas special was in production. Yeah. You don't just uh, go to Cardiff. Yeah. Right. I mean, I did, but I was there for two days. <laughs> and it was, uh, I was there the day after, or the opening day of the Doctor Who experience, which was an accident because it just moved from London. Oh. And um, Michael and I went and got in line and they asked, like, who's came the farthest to be here? And we were like third. And we said, America? And we found out we were the only Americans at the exhibit. That's awesome. And I had at three times, like, People who worked there come up to me and Michael concerned, like, you didn't fly to Cardiff just to be here on opening day, right? We're like, no, no, <laughs> we were here anyway. Um, it was just an accident. But they were concerned we were like super fans, which I guess I am, but theory. <laughs> what if John Barrowman is in this Christmas special, but he is playing Malcolm Merlin? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what a crossover. I don't think anyone would want to see that. I don't know. <laughs> or or twist reveal Malcolm Merlin is Captain Jack. Jack. Captain Jack. <laughs> it was the entire time. Oh, I think you could God. make an argument that everything John Barrowman's ever in is just a bored Captain Jack pretending to be someone else. <laughs> producers. <laughs> it would be it would be really interesting to do a like what if I mean this would be really sad but what if Moffat is writing like the last Captain Jack story and no. is and he is would, and it, he would do that because he thinks he never mind it gotta be mean yeah like, no you're right I mean it, but yeah I I mean I I I could see him doing a story that involves Captain Jack like 
transitioning into the face of Bo. Somehow. Oh, I have a good one. And just. <laughs> 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 he just magically becomes telepathic, yeah. right? Yeah, I, mean, I guess. Being voiced by John, they have to bring that other guy back. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, old friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh, sorry. Um, I've been googling, googling John Barrowman Cardiff. Sorry, but going back to this episode. Yes, I've got. There's a bunch of other little things that make this show a little bit more grown up, especially with Rose. Like mm-hmm. um, when she talks about. Oh, first of all, I love her reaction to the TARDIS being in her brain and making it translate. I love that oh. that upsets her. I love and that I, and so I, much. And I love, I love the doctor's reaction to it of just being like, oh, I didn't – I'm sorry. Like I didn't realize that that would be an issue because right. it's not for him and he just doesn't – again, that goes back to him not being used to companions anymore. Right. And part of it probably has a lot to do with he didn't explain it very well. Like, it sounded – the way that he described it was way more evasive than it probably is. And, you know, <laughs> and, and, and this kind of comes with context that I have now that I didn't have back in 2005. But, um, you know, Rose is very unlike any other companion that he's had. Like, she, mm-hmm. she's she, – you know, it's funny that so, so many people kind of criticize her for the opposite of this. But I actually think she's far and away the most emotionally mature companion that he's had. And yeah, you know, I, I can't really see like Astrid or like Perry like taking umbrage with like a weird thing, being like, "Oh, okay, doctor, you're fine, I love you," you know. And <laughs> and so it is kind of like, "Oh, oh, whoa, whoa, you are you." I actually have to like talk to you like an adult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What? Yeah, I just I love it so much. What else happens? Oh, this is when she mentions her friend Shireen. My mate Shireen. I want to meet Shireen. She's mentioned like three times in season one and we never see her. But she, she's Rose's drunk friend is how I described her. Oh, speaking of that, though, uh, the scene where she's talking to Jackie on the phone. Yes, and her, I wrote that down. And her just like – her just wrapping her brain around how traveling with the doctor works where she can simultaneously watch the end of the world while speaking to her – her mother alive and well 15,000 years in the past, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Well, that's also the scene going to like the, the grown up stuff. Jackie Tyler asks her if she's, a, if she's hung over, mm-hmm. which I love. And then it has, I mean, I think Jackie Tyler is an icon. Like I love Jackie Tyler so much. Oh yeah. And she's, she, uh, what's the one where she's like, mom, what day is it? Wednesday all day. You got a hangover. <laughs> like I love Jackie Tyler. Yeah. She's so great. The idea of like, and, and not to speak too ill of the Moffat era, but you know, you know, the idea of the show having a, a woman over the age of thirty is kind of <laughs> almost like a novel concept now. You know, or, or, right? A, a working class, blue collar, non sexualized female character. You know, I, like I don't can't remember. Yeah. The last time that, I think yeah. my biggest regret is that Jackie never, never really took any extended trips in the TARDIS. I would have loved that so much. It would have been it would have been great because I mean she did like a couple of times like you know in obviously at, at the end of season four and then of course uh, the uh, wasn't wasn't she involved in the uh, the the Cybermen two parter yeah, in season the time two that everyone got to fly the TARDIS that yeah was, that was in season four yeah season four she's also in Doomsday quite a bit um, and is she uh, in the does she ride in the TARDIS in that though? Yeah, yeah, and I'm sure it's it's why she's an official companion because she's at, still inside the TARDIS when they leave her apartment and go to Canary Wharf. 
Oh, okay. And the doctor forget forgets she's in the TARDIS. Rose is like, "Do you forget about my mom?" And she's sitting up there with like her thermos of tea. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's great. I love that moment. <laughs> um, I love Jackie. I love everything about Jackie Tyler. I want her to come back. They tried to recreate a Jackie with Martha's family, and it just didn't play no. as well. I feel like they would have been better off focusing on Martha's father because it would have yes. been a different dynamic. Um, because, because just trying to recreate Jackie just didn't work. But then, then it did work with Donna's mom. Yeah, but so, Donna's mom is like such an interesting character to me. Yes, I, I I love I love her, but I also respect people who hate her. Like it's and of course, weird. Gramps, who's you know like great. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, obviously, yeah. Um, what else did I write down? Oh, I wrote um, a little bit of jiggery pokery. Oh, you good at that jiggery pokery? Yeah, I came <laughs> first. What about you? No, failed hullabaloo. That exchange is my favorite. <laughs> um, uh, I love the fan room. I love the fan room. I love the death of the steward because I think the lowering the, the sun filter is horrific. It, it is. It is. Uh, and it's it's very... It's it's very horrific, but also very simple. Yes. In a way that I respect a lot. Those are my favorite kinds of things where it's the kind of idea where you're just like, how have I never seen this before? Right. So good. Oh, the fans are great. I wrote <laughs> I wrote something really inappropriate, but in summary, it was basically dog or Dr. X Jabe should have happened. <laughs> um, I feel like Jabe's the one that got away, but got away, burned to death. Um, but I love, I love their obviously flirty dynamic because I don't think it's something classic who would have done, which is like, here's a random, beautiful alien that he met and they're adventuring together and he's just openly flirting with her. Yeah. It's almost, and I love it's it. It's almost kind of, uh, it's almost kind of Captain Kirky. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The other thing too is, is, is about, especially about season one is all of the shortcomings of the show's budget and sometimes directing are made up with just like all of the phenomenal actors they get. Mm -hmm. I mean, Rose and the doctor are amazing. I mean, her reaction, you talked about earlier to the planet and we'll get to in a bit, but the doctor's like Gallifrey crying scene is amazing. But like these supporting characters are exceptional. The actress who plays Jabe is so good. Mm -hmm. And I want her in more or things. The, uh, the actress that plays uh, uh, Raffalo. Yeah. Yeah. She's only in that scene to die and make us sad, and she's so good. She's excellent. Yeah, I mean, and, the and it, it explodes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they take God. I love. I love after the uh, when when the uh, I don't know what you would call that room that they're all in to watch the Earth die. The viewing but, deck. Yeah, the viewing deck. When when the when the sun starts spilling into the into the viewing deck and everyone is dying in the room and. Uh, the doctor stops it and goes back up there and everyone's dead except for like Bo and like they're, they're, the, the two just, other trees. Yeah. He, yeah. He's just got people just like, like wiping them down, like cleaning them <laughs> up. Yeah. The mocks, the mocks, well, the mocks of Valhoun, I always forget he dies. The little blue guy like burns to death in this episode. I always forget that happens. Um, yeah. I just, I just love that the face of Bo just does not look bothered at all. <laughs> He knew so, about it. He'd read the doctor. He's there because he read the journal. Whatever. <laughs> he's Red River's journal. He doesn't even need um, to say hi. Oops, yeah, I see him in there. I see he's an old <laughs> I'm a million years old. God, what else? Oh, the, the, the 
Cassandra's character development. I was a little boy on that planet. We lived in a house built into the side of the Los Angeles crevasse. Oh yeah, it was like my father. <laughs> like, my father was a Texan. I love that. That's exotic for British. I'm like, where? Where in Texas? I need to know. I well, I just <laughs> love that she doesn't know anything. Oh, yeah, like she thinks the, <laughs> she thinks the jukebox she, is an iPod. Right. Yeah. Like, not only is she not is she not human, but for all the reasons that that Rose calls her out for not being human, but she's also just doesn't understand humans. So she's right. obviously not that human. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did write down that Rose cheated when she when she's like, "I'm the last human, not you." I'm like, "No, you had a time machine. You're cheating, Rose." Yeah, you don't you don't win that argument with that that one unless you would explain you have a time yeah, machine. I suppose. Like, well, I mean, if you want to get real technical, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Um, God, what else? The whole thing mingled the, the the proto-humans and new humans and even human-ish. She calls them she calls them mongrels, which I think is great. It's like later when um the Mox of Alhoun calls the meme the repeating meme infidels. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I chuckle every time he says that. I just turned I just turned the page and I forgot that last night I wrote an entire page of my little notebook that just says Toxic by Britney Spears. <laughs> yeah, kind of uh, because I kind of weird that we're reviewing this um a couple of days after her uh, MTV movie. Uh, yeah. yeah. I just yeah, she, she's just returned and Toxic was her last hit before she lost her mind and fell into that deep dark hole that pop pop musicians go and and has now dug herself out of like that. That's how much time has passed since this right? episode. Uh, I love that moment. I love the doctor running around. Um, we do have to talk about because I'm just reading my things. The Jabe Eccleston Gallifrey reveal. Yes, where he just stares straight ahead the whole time. I love that scene so much. And when he's explaining it to Rose the, in the chip scene. Yes, which is the reason this show, this episode goes from great to exceptional is that yeah. scene on the streets of wherever they are. Yeah. Cardiff. This was the episode that sold me on the new series. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, you know, I liked Rose fine, but it, it has like a lot of cheesy stuff in it, you know, pizza like thing. Yeah, yeah, pizza, like that whole thing is really <laughs> really cheesy and lame. I think it's cuz I was 14, like I watch Rose with so much love, like all the cheesy stuff. I I have a fondness for like I can separate oh, oh. myself from it and be like this is garbage. But when the trash can burps, I smile every time. Like, yeah, like, this is great. I, I definitely, I I can definitely have that fondness for it as well. But I also, at the time, watching it the first time, I was like, mm, I don't know. I just, then, I mean, I do think that that Mickey, the pizza scene, the cork going out of his mouth, and then. His hand turning into a hammer, him standing up and smashing the table headless, is one of the most unintentionally hilarious sequences ever put <laughs> yeah. on television. Yeah, no, it's ridiculous. It's kind of like, I open uh, mouth laugh at that every time. I guess it's because we, we know how better it gets, we're allowed to <laughs> enjoy it for what it is. Yeah. It's kind of like what I hope happens like after this third Thor movie comes out. Like we'll, we'll kind of be able <laughs> to like chill out about the last two and be like, oh, they're 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 really they're really fine, you know? Yeah. Right. The Thor oh. movies are my favorite Marvel movies. Yeah, me too. Cassandra's too. Me too. I'm a yeah, I'm a weirdo <laughs> about it. Mm. I really like the first one a lot. I I just like Thor. I like him so much. Yeah. <laughs> I really like parts of the Dark World. Yeah. yeah, I mean Dark World's rough, but I love Thor and his team in it so yeah. much I that I can ignore it. And I think that's a really fun third act. Yeah. It does have a really fun third act, yes. 
Speaking of Chris Rock, what else? <laughs> right? What else oh, happened? Right. <laughs> That's funny. Um, we get the the Time Lord name drop when Jabe holds the fan form. She's like, "He's Jabe. You're made of wood." So don't waste time, Time Lord. Like that scene line is so cheesy, but it works so well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote Jabe deserved better. <laughs> she did. She, she does. She's such a great character. She literally held down a uh, held down a switch until she burned alive. Like, yeah. yeah. There's, there's a lot a of beat. horrific deaths in this. Well, like, yeah. Eccleston <laughs> or um, um, Davies does that thing in season four where. Um, Davros calls him out on like you make an army of people willing to die for you mm-hmm. and they do that sequence of all these people who've died and for some reason when I rewatch that when it cuts to Jabe that one hurts the most mm. like I'm just like oh she was the first you got to do this stuff this crap for well, like, no the first one Billy uh, is, is what's his name getting shot to death in front of his family no it's uh, Pax <laughs> Pax <laughs> <laughs> oh, really, you have to watch the the the, the uh, Paradise Towers. The episode it's an epi- yeah, it's a classic Who episode, and there's a character named his name is Pex, and <laughs> he's a scrawny guy who he, he's great at, at kicking, he, he's great at punching, and he knows all <laughs> he knows all the kung fu. Yeah, actual dialogue. That's, that's an actual line of dialogue. Yeah, who's the doctor in this? Uh, Sylvester McCoy. It's Sylvester McCoy. Perfect. Oh god, it makes it worse. Get, get, yes. Get, get a six pack of beer or some wine and then watch Paradise Towers. <laughs> he is he is introduced by by punching his way through a front somebody's apartment door. Destroying a door. Awesome. Yeah, he just destroys a door and comes through it. And everyone's like, God, Pex, why? This again? <laughs> and he's like, None of you need any help? No, we never oh, need man. your help. <laughs> we never need <laughs> Okay. <laughs> It's amazing. Um, so I guess with the end of this episode, we get into the dark stuff that I love so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I will all the um, Eccleston passing through the third fan that's going at high speed. Yes, is oh. written so well. Like there's no they play. What was the joke? I think Russell made the joke that the uh, the female voice singing in the Doctor's theme was um, the last president of Gallifrey, whatever her name was. <laughs> There's a joke that the, the last female, the last president of Gallifrey before the Time War that we saw was a woman. I can't remember her name. Romana? Par- yeah, not Romana, but um, oh. in some, I don't know, I, in one of the books or last episodes. And so they had a joke going in production for season one that the female voice singing uh, on dead Gallifrey is whoever that president was, huh. which I always mm-hmm. thought was funny. But I just feel like a, like a lesser writer would have explained his powers I've been like he's he can travel in time. Get it? He's got this thing, and they do it all just through cinematography and music and great Eccleston acting. And I just I love the fan moment so it's much. His last Crusade moment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it absolutely is. Yeah. To take a leap of faith, boy. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that one. And then we get him coming back, and we get that horrible moment where he looks at Jabe, and she's just a pile of ash. <laughs> just a. Tr- just a, just a, yeah. there's this great wide shot of, uh, of the doctor going through the fans and just in the background, you can just see Jay, like, there's like a, a pyre. It's fully, horrible. Fully yeah. light, fully on fire. Just, yeah. And then we get our first ever real angry doctor of new who, mm-hmm. which I, he just like destroys that whole room. He like rips the like repeated meme. He gets Cassandra back. He finds the teleporter thing. Um, 
the moisturize me, the death is horrific. You know, thinking about it now, other than new doctors, 12 is kind of the least vengeful. Yes, I think so too. Because he's just he's just generally grumpy. Yeah. Yeah. So his version of vengeful is actually happy go lucky because he is not that very often. And so when he is, it's surprising. Whereas all of these other doctors are the reverse of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Like there really is no just, equivalent of like, you know, the tenth doctor murdering that that spider woman, you know. Right. Right. Donna's shining yeah. intro. I mean, there's that, literally a two parter where he's just Coming up with every reason not to kill, not to kill Davros. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, well, that I just. What does she say? She, I'm too young. Blood yeah. everywhere. Yeah. I think we do need to talk at one point that Russell's go to killing his villains is just to have them explode in some way. Like yeah. everything he ever kills explodes, and I'm secretly fine with it. <laughs> um, and I love, I love the shot. I've said love a lot. I really like this episode, guys. I'm being a huge nerd. It's um, it's the end when Rose is standing at the viewing deck, looking at the the chunks of Earth flying by in the expanded sun, and she has the line, "We were so busy trying to save ourselves, no one saw it go." Mm-hmm. And this is when I think Billy Piper, as an actress, really just proves that she's there not to be messed with. Because mm-hmm. she's really reluctant to leave, and as the doctor takes her hand and like walks her towards the TARDIS, she stops to look back at the Earth again, and I love that little turn back so much. I think this this episode is the is the episode that proved to the naysayers that she's more than just a pop star; that she yes. is a legitimate actress. I mean, I love now, like at, in 2016, the idea of Billy Piper being a pop star is just hilarious. I know, yeah. <laughs> like she's such a good actress and her music videos if you go back and watch them are kind of terrible she's kind of uh, <laughs> she's kind of the brie larson of the uk yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. True. and then that fantastic scene in cardiff on the street which those aren't extras just no one knew the show was being made that is shot with a telephoto lens they're just really standing there in that crowd oh that's so good they just put body mics on Chris and Billy and then just filmed them from a distance with a telephoto lens, which is why it looks so real, because it is. Nice. That's fantastic, yeah. Yeah. And it just... Gives it a really distinctive look. really funny if there were yeah. two guys who were like, is that the... That's my, that's my days later guy? I think if I, I, think if I had to... If I had to pick one image to sort of sum up series one of doctor who it would be that image of them standing outside of the tardis in the crowd of cardiff yeah and even the dialogue does that too when he's like it's one day it's gone even the sky and he tells her about gallifrey and he's got that amazing line that's just there was a war and we lost it's the first time we hear the last the the phrase last of the time lords and then rose breaks the tension with do you smell chips yeah i so good love this episode yeah she, she says all right you're buying no money which is a little bit reflective of season eight's capaldi when he goes to get coffee and like leaves clara on the street and it's, yeah. I don't or know. there's that there's yeah. that uh, I, I really love that line in blink where martha uh, is like i have to go get a job i have to help support him you won't get a job <laughs> <laughs> i do love that uh all right well i think that about wraps up uh our discussion of end of the world uh billy thanks so much for 
uh, being on, and hopefully we'll have you on again. Yeah, we'd love to have I you mean, on for some Classic Who. Yeah. I would love to watch Classic Who. I'm also super down to fight Scott over Satan Pit. That's <laughs> <laughs> a long time coming. I yeah. know. I know that's a ways off, but I will fight you. That episode is a jam. Well, mm-hmm. if you have your own opinions on the Satan Pit, go to duelinggenre.com. <laughs> Uh, we love hearing from you guys. We don't hear nearly enough from our Doctor Who's companion listeners. We know you're out there. Um, contact. We just got a new really great review. We did get a new really great review. It was it was nice. Yeah. It was really cool. Uh, thank you for that. And you can email us your own opinions and thoughts on Doctor Who at contact at thedoctorscompanion.us. You can tweet us at tdcpod or follow us. We usually uh, retweet and share like any cool Doctor Who stuff that we come across on the internet. Tumble at us at the doctor's companion podcast.tumblr.com. And uh, like us on Facebook, leave us another, leave us more great reviews on iTunes. And you can check out our other podcasts like Back to the Future Minute, where Scott and I review the Back to the Future trilogy one minute at a time. And we're about to be taking a break on that. So you have plenty of time to catch up with parts one and two. Geek by Night, which all four of Ooh. us work on. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. We're so proud of it. And uh, we, Hope you guys are listening to it. If you like Doctor Who, you'll love Geek by Night. I guarantee it. Uh, and you can go help us out any way you can at duelinggenre.com slash support or click on our donation button. And hey, if you don't have money to spare, I know times are hard. Uh, you can always just spread the word. That's uh, that you know doesn't cost a nickel and it really helps us out. And uh, oh, and don't forget coming soon to the Dueling Genre family, Lord of the Rings Minute hosted by Ooh. our very own Cassandra Fredrickson. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. And as always, all of your reviews. Oh, sorry. Oh, no. All of the reviews for this episode are just going to be Billy talks too much. Tell him to go away. Special. I have a feeling we'll have at least at least three people tell us you should become a permanent member of the show. <laughs> no, don't do that. Maybe, that would just maybe even make my doctor. Ah, <laughs> uh, let's kill yeah. Nick. Let's kill Nick. Uh, and, and as always, special, special, speaking of killing it, special thanks to our Patreon associate producer, as always, I hope she's listening. She probably isn't, but I hope she is. Leaper182. And we will see you next time when we review the 10th Doctor's second adventure. Uh, you've, I know you've seen the gifts for it, but now see the episode behind the gifts with New Earth. <laughs>